What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 120 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the medieval adrenochrome episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Eleanor Yonaga, Julian Field, and Travis View. This week, we've got repeat guest and medieval historian Eleanor Yanaga on the pod to track modern adrenochrome conspiracy theories all the way back to Little Saint William and Little Saint Hugh, who were child saints that became central to medieval claims that Jewish people were holding anti-masses, during which they ritualistically sacrificed children. Before we jump into that, I wanted to mention that Eleanor has a new TV series on history hit called Going Medieval which looks at life in medieval England, looking at how peasants, for example, or guild members, the clergy, nobility, lived their lives and interacted with each other. And I think it's a pretty good introduction to what life was like for different people in the medieval period. I, I, I'm from the medieval period as a starseed who was reborn through. <laughs> and so I know about this stuff. So it's really good, yeah, absolutely. accurate stuff. Um, it's not just about kings and popes, just old rotting white guys with syphilis eating away at their brains. It, uh, and it also has some really cool castles. Yeah, it definitely does. So Eleanor, <laughs> yeah, congrats on the new series, by the way. I think it's really important now to take a look at medieval times because uh, as we're going to see in the episode that you wrote, this stuff just keeps coming back. Yeah. yeah. The same exact stuff, like a degree off or just a little aesthetic tweak, but it's the same story. Yeah, I think it's one of these things where when we think about the medieval period, if we do at all, and like, you know, fair play if you don't spend all of your time thinking about what was happening 500 years ago, like, I'm, I'm not going to be that mad about it. But I think that we don't realize how much of this stuff really is the bedrock of our society and the way we think about things. And that's why we see stuff come up that is just basically the same conspiracy theories over and over again, but like with a new lick of paint. So yeah, um, the more you want to learn about medieval history, the happier I will be. Uh, and if you want to check out uh, my TV show, you can check it out on historyhit.com. Um, so there's four episodes on there. And I also have one about life in medieval London. And yeah, it's just supposed to be talking about kind of like what life is actually life and not just, you know, battles and that sort of a thing. Like actually, how do people live? And, and what we'll be talking about on this episode is kind of like the sort of stuff they thought about. I think it's kind of sad that QAnon followers these days can't even figure out a way to to give sainthood to the mole children <laughs> because they've never actually seen one so they can't name them and it's very sad i just feel like there's there's so much lore that will only be captured by heathen podcasts like us instead of good scribes of um ancient anti-semitism that uh, religion used to provide well, i'm definitely going to check out the show because the only things that i think of when i when i hear medieval times is um the restaurant and tournament that my parents never let me went go to when i was a kid Man. so all i also all i really even yes. have is the commercial from it that plays in my head where they're like where they're like dinner okay. and tournament um mm-hmm. it was that and then um uh david crossley's incredible cross sections where he would do cross sections yeah. of like medieval castles and stuff and that's that's about the extent of my knowledge so uh, i am your perfect audience yeah i think that david crossley was my gateway drug how the fuck are turkey legs an item on that (laughs) list of like you understanding medieval times please explain he's like you know i'm gonna watch this show because i like uh what do you the big titted beer wenches uh what else what else what else uh what else the turkey legs (laughs) 
uh, and the music being piped from little speakers on the on the end of poles. Hey, you sound I like you went. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid, I, I'm afraid my my uh, show has like absolutely zero of any of that. There's a lot more peasant chat. There's a lot more chat about the three field Good. system. I promise it's cool, man. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. No, uh, we're we're into it. We're always trying to find. Uh, you know, cool history. And last time you you came on to talk about all the tattoos that uh, yeah. that our man the, the Q shaman uh, had on, and and explore why the far right you know uses the or reinterprets those symbols mm. and and kind of assimilates them into their idea of of what it means to be white. And very often, what it means to be white means excluding Jews, who are like the you know kind of. The, the if you get so racist that you need to start to exploit your own race, <laughs> you're like, well, the Jews go first usually. Yeah, <laughs> like, usually. They're yeah. the first out. Perhaps it's unsurprising that a Jewish family didn't want to take their little boy to medieval times. Like, you know, lots of bad times in history. <laughs> but that, that, that time, too, was also yeah. bad. Like, I know where this is going. It's just a straight <laughs> pogroms. Not good. Ever since Mel Gibson bought Medieval Times, it's been different. <laughs> medieval Adrenochrome. Medieval historians have been keeping an eye on QAnon conspiracies for some time now. Um, our interest stems from the same urge to point and laugh as anyone else, right? But there's also several overlaps with medieval European culture that are specific to our discipline. Um, particular among these are links between QAnon believers and the idea of blood libel. So at this point, QAnon's also been established in Europe, where I live now, because this is kind of where we keep the medieval history. And it seems to always be taking its cues from America. So in Ireland, for example, in late February, there were two women who showed up to an anti-lockdown protest that was organized by Rise Up Erin, uh, which is a conspiracy-heavy social media group. And they were wearing their these really amazing hoodies that said, RTE, which is the Irish equivalent of uh, the BBC or PBS, sold their souls. Um, importantly here, it was their souls, T-H-E-R-E. -E. And a typo was something that we really picked up on the media here because obviously that is just hilarious. We've all been in the middle of lockdown. We need something to laugh at and that was something to do. So the next day, they were also quoted in a report in the Sunday Times here in the United Kingdom. The reporter there, um, his name is Mike Teague, um, asked what their problem with RTE is. And according to one of the women, she said, quote, 9,000 people went missing in Ireland last year. Mm. And these people, she asserted, had been killed in order to harvest their adrenochrome and were, quote, injecting baby blood to keep the celebrities of the RTE looking young. Yeah. Um, and then further, according to her, the 9,000 people that are killed every year in Ireland are being buried underneath the National Children's Hospital in Dublin, which is like new and still sort of under construction. Travis uh, it has Irish blood. And, you know, as someone who created Q, Travis uh, can now see it destroy his own homeland. It's kind of elegant in that it's way. Just <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, tragic it's bad. to see. It's it's always weird that they always go to thinking that adrenochrome is a reason like people on TV look young and not like, you know, there's like creative lighting and like, you know, Botox and like mm -hmm. expensive hairstylists and makeup artists. There always seems to be, you know, conventional explanations the, uh, for these hair things. Plugs. The lack hair plugs, the lack of stress uh, from not having to worry about where your next paycheck will come from, um, mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature. It's like literally uh, what I think is quite funny about uh, QAnon generally is every time they come up with one of these really elaborate, 
you know, excuses, things like adrenochrome or whatever. I'm like, you're just talking about money. Like, it's not a conspiracy. Yeah. It's just having a bunch of money to, like, just spaff up the wall on makeup and lighting. Come on now. And, and like, having a facial every week. That's, that's yeah. what it is. So so this is specific. And we're going to be talking really a lot about um, adrenochrome generally in this in this particular episode um so for those of you who are, are lucky enough that you kind of like erased the adrenochrome parts of QAnon from your brains um so the links between this and the idea that the wealthy and powerful are kind of systemically kidnapping or sometimes specifically breeding in underground tunnels children then they terrify them and then they kill them to extract the adrenal glands and they get the uh, adrenochrome out of that. And the links with this go all the way back to Pizzagate. So this is like ground floor OG uh, kind of uh, QAnon stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, I find it really interesting because the adrenochrome idea, like a lot of Q theories, is kind of rooted in misunderstandings of things that are kind of true. Like adrenochrome is real. It is something that exists. But it's a chemical compound and it's created when adrenaline is oxidized. And it, it definitely does have some medical uses, for example. We can use it to promote blood clots when someone has a really serious open wound, uh, but it's not really widely used. And when it is used, it's synthetic. Like we don't we don't actually extract it from anyone's adrenal glands at all. Real heads also, um, who were cool like me in high school, might know adrenochrome because it's come up in fiction in a few places. It comes up in A Clockwork Orange, where Drenochrome is one of the additives that they put in Moloko Plus um, at the Moloko bar where all of the droogs hang out. You know, yeah. cool stuff. I was cool. I was really cool in high school. You can tell. As they do. Um, but uh, what QAnon adherents really latched onto uh, was Hunter S. Thompson's description of it in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So there's a conversation both in the book and in the movie. And Raoul Duke um, kind of says that there's only one source for this stuff the adrenal glands from a living human body. It's no good if you get it from a corpse. And then Dr. Uh, Gonzo says back to him, I know, but the guy, he's one of these Satanism freaks. He offered me human blood, said it would make me higher than I'd ever been in my life. I thought he was kidding, so I told him, I'd just as soon have an ounce or so of pure adrenochrome or maybe just a fresh adrenaline gland to chew on. And I was looking around online and I found that you can see a clip of that on YouTube from the Fear and Loathing movie. The comments are absolutely full of like QAnon people just losing their minds. So a couple good quotes. They put the truth right in front of our faces to mock us. I also liked uh, one person said, this drug is what the movie's Monster Inc. was based off. It's just another mockery. Yes. <laughs> you know, what's re- really amazing about QAnon people is that they believe that all media, including movies, are just used to deceive and lie and keep people in place. But when it does tell the truth, in their view, then it's it's simply to mock us. So, so, so it does tell the truth. Uh, but not the kind of truth that they want. I don't know. It doesn't it, make any sense. It's not enough to harvest the children. You have to be like, yeah, yeah, we're harvesting the children. Right. <laughs> I just feel like if I was a massive deep state conspiracy where I was harvesting children, I would keep that shit down. Yeah, I wouldn't be like... be doing crypto <laughs> crypto reveals in popular media. I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't be calling the filmmakers of um, Fear and Loathing and saying, Uh, You know, uh, it's really important that we have these scenes uh, in the film uh, because there are a lot of people out there that we do want to be mocking uh, when the film comes out and and for years to come uh, when they study it online. Who is this on the line? Uh, It's it's Sal Rosenberg. Oh. uh, Head of uh, New Line Cinema. Right. (laughs) 
like all praises to my man Hunter S. Thompson, but adrenal glands are definitely real, but they're not from the brain. Adrenal glands are actually uh, located in the kidneys. What? Yeah, so like not aware of that. Yeah, so like even within the whole conspiracy and everything, they're they're literally just taking Hunter S. Thompson's word for it. They haven't even gone to like look this up. Jake, so. Jake, we got to rewire the factory. I, I think we've been extracting from the wrong area of the ch- children's <laughs> bodies. I got all these necks. They're useless. <laughs> you have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you.